All right, and discussions of truth, Ian Trottier coming at you Wednesday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. For most of this year, 2020, I have begun program earlier, uh, at times having four guests in the session. Um, today, I'm keeping it simple, and we're going. I'm going with one guest. That'll be Ken LaCord, former Fox News executive. He'll be joining us here in about a little over 10 minutes. Let's take a moment and have you listen to the lyrics of this song by a group called Highly Suspect. Of course, I open up my programs with Seek and Destroy by Metallica. That's a song from the 80s, I believe. The Highly Suspect in 2016 came out with a song that's perhaps a little more pertinent to our time. Sorry for the, the feedback there. Let's get into My Name is Human, just briefly. let it develop a little bit. What's happening in the world right now? stop it there it's sorry for the feedback it's i am in studio it's it's simply the wi-fi and uh, bluetooth interruption it will pass i apologize for it okay so what i direct you to now i'm trying to cut this i apologize what i direct you to now is a lead economist globally, educated at Wharton, studied Mandarin at Yale. My understanding is that she was an econ 
economic advisor in the White House in the 80s, Catherine Austin Fitz. So let's let's briefly go there because I, I think I think it incredibly prudent to hear her words. Catherine Austin Fitz talking about we are watching the mother of all debt entrapments. Here we go. Hold on a moment. Didn't have this queued. Here we go. And roll. What we're seeing is a re-engineering of the global financial system and governance system on the just do it method. And of course, a very important part of that is we see um, a lot of smart money get out of the market in the top in January and February. And then March, a, a push used to basically use police powers created through the healthcare system to shut down a huge part of the independent economy globally. So small business, small farms shut down across the board, throwing both the emerging markets and many small business into debt traps. So we are watching the mother of all debt entrapments going on globally. And that means we're in for a very radical re-engineering. And of course, that's what we're seeing in the US. I mean, it's very interesting. I just, if you come into Solari, we have a tracker where we're tracking um, the COVID uh, deaths by state and party affiliations of the governors and mayors. And one of the things you can see, you have 37 um, Fed locations of banks and branches across the country. Guess how many of them had violent protests? Okay, I'm not going to give chance for the interviewer to respond to that because he simply is a little in over his head when speaking to Catherine on this. And But the answer to that is all of them. And as the interview goes on, again, you can find the interview on YouTube, Catherine Austin Fitz. Just find her uh, uh, mother of all entrapments. Catherine Russell Fitz, mother of all entrapments. We'll get you to that video. Um, what you're seeing there is the question was led to, are you saying that the Federal Reserve is behind this? And her answer to that was yes, whether directly or indirectly. This isn't a an American issue. This isn't a Chinese issue. Um, yeah, Trump is pointing fingers lately. I think one of the reports I heard is that he's pointing fingers at the Chinese. This goes much deeper than that. You have to look at the system that the Chinese have inherited. Go back to World War One. go back to the setup of that, and then they go back into World War II. Um, this is developing at such a rapid rate. The Rockefeller Foundation, for instance, J.D. Rockefeller, he basically built the Peking Medical College with his own financing. Um, University of Chicago, large part financed by him as well. So if people, if you draw a parallel, you look at Bill Gates, what's Bill Gates doing concerned with world health? What was J.D. Rockefeller over 100 years ago doing investing in healthcare? He's an oil baron. Bill Gates is a um, computer engineer. Well, anybody that tells me that they simply are in it for humanity reasons, I, I, I don't buy that personally. They're in it from a business perspective, 
was because J.D. Rockefeller is no longer alive, but his foundation continues. They're in it from a business perspective, and he's in it, they're in it to make money. I apologize for the feedback. I have an iPhone tied into this. I believe it's the cables I'm using. And moving forward, I will, I will do my best to squash this interference. Uh, I'll bring Ken LaCord on the program here in about seven minutes. And unfortunately, if I have this back background um, interference, I, 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 I'll have it. So I just I, I appreciate you. Um, I appreciate you listening anyway. Um, I started the program from scratch, basically going on, getting close now to about four years ago uh, in Wynwood in Miami. So um, totally self-financed, totally self-researched. And I simply do it because I realize the significance and the importance of the matter. And look, I started this because of the Zika epidemic and the debate happening uh, in local government because of the Zika uh, problem. And um, never would I have envisioned 2020 delivering what we've, what we're dealing with today. But here we are and we're dealing with it. So getting past, getting past the, um, the epidemic or pandemic angle of it, you have to get to the economic level level of it, unfortunately inserted into U.S. society, even global society. Um, whether you're for the uh, destruction of these monuments and statues or, or, or against it, I frankly think that history is important so that you can learn from it. There are plenty of African leaders, uh, African-American leaders that deserve statues um, that don't have statues. Uh, for that matter, there are plenty of Native Americans that deserve statues and don't have statues. Okay. Uh, I think I'm, oh, have I solved the interference problem? I sure hope so. Uh, again, it is that iPhone cable that I'm using. Uh, and that is the cable I will use in studio to feed into, uh, to bring to bring Ken onto the program. Okay, so uh, without that uh, static, Catherine Austin Fitz, I just, uh, I just, in a local city council that I'm close to, uh, I took my opinion to that city council. And what you're dealing with right now is a mandatory mask ordinance uh, my personal opinion is I feel it should be voluntarily, okay? Because I see a parallel with the mandatory vaccine movement, and I frankly have a, an issue with the mandatory vaccine movement. Now, how that makes sense to me, and it may not make sense to you, but how it makes sense to me is the mandatory microchipping, well, a, a, an implied mandatory microchipping movement, perhaps, right? So you look at ID2020, again, funded by the Rockefeller Foundation and funded by the Gates uh, Foundation. Uh, this is a digital tattoo, uh, a tracking device. And essentially, the argument here by Catherine is that the U.S. dollar is being overthrown and the monetary currency, coins and paper, will so shortly, whether that's in a month, six months, a year, five years, it will very soon, this is the plan, this is what's being unrolled, it will very soon become uh, digitized. So 
we will be moving essentially from uh, monetary exchange, uh, uh, tangible monetary exchange, uh, to a digitized exchange on a global level. Um, so if you go into Microsoft Patent WO 2020-06-06-06, you find that patent awarded to Microsoft, I believe back in February, to run a cryptocurrency system off of uh, microchipped human beings. So that's why I see the mandatory mask movement being a precursor to what could likely and possibly become a mandatory microchipping uh, movement uh, across. We're not looking. We're not looking at the United States. The United States is being torn to shred right shreds right right now. Whether it survives as a country or not, that remains to be seen. Um, there is a one world global order that is taking over, um, and it's doing so with a major, major push right now. My argument to you, folks, is do not be sidetracked by racial injustice movements. Uh, look, nobody has an easy life. No one. Uh, we're all human beings. So regardless of color, regardless of history, regardless of race, the United States has built, in my view, in 2020, the most just uh, platform for any language, any religion, any ethical background to live. That's been achieved. No other nation on the planet has been able to achieve that. The United States achieved that. And it's under attack and being destroyed. So before we bring on Ken, um, I urge you, if you're listening to this, I urge you to get past political divides, get past religious divides, get past ethical or racial divides. Unite under an understanding to disagree, inalienable human rights that are portrayed through the U.S. Constitution, um, and get into weaving out, gutting out the central banking system that manipulates the United States currently. Okay, let's bring on Ken LaCourt. This is Ian Trottier. Thank you for tuning in. Discussing your truth. Pardon the static uh, that you experienced the first few moments of the show. Uh, I'm not endorsed by either one of these music bands, Metallica or Highly Suspect, nor have either one of those bands given me authorization to use their music. If either one of them do contact me and ask me to discontinue use, I will do so. Um, but I do urge you to listen to both of those songs. First, Seek and Destroy, to seek out corruption and destroy it. That's why I opened up, and I've been opening up with that song now for over two years. And uh, look into the uh, look into the lyrics of "My Name Is Human" by Highly Suspect, because that's essentially what's happening: is that you're having a um, you're having a the 
the interface which connects man to machine is that gap is closing. I hope that makes sense, makes sense to you. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, all of this is self-funded. Uh, discussions of truth. I've built this by myself. And uh, if you feel the need, I urge you to do to do that. To donate, you can do that right at iantrotte.com. I-E-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R.com. Okay, Ken LaCorp, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, this is Ken LaCourt. I can't come to the phone right now, so please leave a message. Okay, didn't expect that. I just spoke to him this morning. Uh, so let me just let me just let him know that I'm trying in. Uh, trying to bring him in and uh, so he knows to expect me and what number to expect me from. All right, so I've just shot out uh, a quick message to Ken and uh, bring him on momentarily here. Again, he is a, he's the founder of LaCourt News. And Ken LaCourt was a longtime executive at the Fox News Channel, running its online division for a decade. In an attempt to bridge the political divide and bring readers to neutral ground, LaCourt left Fox News in 2016 and subsequently launched his own news site. In 2018, he recruited former NPR editorial director Michael Oreskes and former Fox News executive editor John Moody to launch LaCourt News, a digital news, a digital news startup with the stated goal of restoring faith in media. In 2019, New York Times publication revealed that LaCourt was running politically opposite sites, conservative edition news and liberal edition news. LaCourt defended this action by saying its intent was aimed at directing viewers to the politically centralized LaCourt news. In 2019, Jane Mayer reported in the New Yorker that Fox News reporter Diana Falzone had a story on Donald Trump's affair with Stormy Daniels in 2016 and claimed that LaCourt deliberately suppressed its release as Rupert Murdoch wanted Trump to win, end quote. The court claimed that Falzoni's reporting failed to meet journalistic standards of verification. The controversial gossip blogger Nick Rich called LaCourt's account complete baloney, adding Fox News was culpable. They did their own catch and kill on the story to protect Trump. LaCourt graduated from Claremont McKenna College in 1987 and subsequently worked on various neutral, excuse me, national and international campaigns, including presidential campaigns in Venezuela, Colombia, and Guatemala. In 1987, he challenged California law by publishing the state's Megan's Law List. Despite a warning from the state's attorney general, LaCourt hand-copied the state's high-risk sex offenders and published them online in 2004. California officially published the Megan's Law database on the internet. Let's give Ken another try here. Hopefully he's received my message. If not, we'll get into something else and try him in a little bit. Ken LaCourt, ladies and gentlemen, this is Ian Trottier for Discussions of Truth. Let's see if he's there. 
Ken LaCourt. Ken, Ian Trache, welcome to Discussion to Truth. How are you today, sir? I'm doing very well. Sorry, I didn't pick up before. I, I saw the local number, and I didn't, I, I didn't think it was you for some reason. That's fine. Are you in, uh, are you in California? I'm actually in, uh, in Sausalito. You're in Sausalito. That's a nice, how, that's a nice area. How's the uh, view today? How's the sky? You know, it's uh, it's uh, it's actually kind of nice. You know, it, it woke up with a little a little muckiness, but that's one of the nice things about Sausalito. It never gets too too hot up here. And are you up here as well, or I see a four on five? No, uh, I I'm actually based in Miami, but I've been I've been out of Miami now for a number of months. I'm I'm up in the Northwest. Got it. Got it. Now you're breaking up a lot. Am I sounding okay to you? Is this going to work? You sound great to me. Um, uh, okay. Yeah, you sound fine to me. Um, Let's let's wing it and go from go from where we can go. Uh, okay. What uh, what kind of a uh, what kind of links are we looking at, and what topics uh, do you do you want to chat about? Well, so I'd like to get into, of course, uh, the state of media in the United in the U.S., if you will, and uh, if we can run uh -huh. it about thirty minutes, that'd be great. Okay. Whatever. Uh, whatever you want. That'd be that'd be fine. So, for listeners, Ken and I've given a uh, I've given a brief introduction to you and and, and what you've done with your career. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself officially? Dude, uh, you know what? I'm barely hearing you. This is uh, this may not work as well. Sounds. Um, try one more time. I don't know if there's. It sounds like it's a it's a it's a cell thing mixed up. But uh, let's let's do what we can here. Okay. Uh, we can try this as well. Um, is that any better, Ken? Yeah, that's a good 40, 50% better. Easy. Okay, excellent. Um, and and I can try one other thing if this if this continues the problem. So no, no, you know what? This is this is this is fine so far. This is fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sorry. How long did you say uh, you want you want to chat for? Yeah. So let's give it about thirty minutes if we can. Okay. Great. Look, instead of introducing me as Lacourt News, we just launched a new project here uh, called the Media Action Network. It's less news and it's kind of more action against it. I'm basically kind of pushing back at the uh, the left wing media on it. So um, that would be a better introduction uh, instead of recording. That's cool. Excellent. That's that's wonderful. Um, explain to listeners, in your view, Ken, what's happening in what's happening? Why in, in mass media uh, in the U.S.? Why, why is this term fake news thrown around so 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 commonly now? Sure. Uh, are we ready to go now? This good. Yep. Okay, great. Um, look, so what we saw is over the last handful of years that the news media really got a lot, lot more partisan. Uh, this, this wasn't a, just a post-Trump thing. It was actually predated Trump by a good, uh, a good three or four years. I think it had a lot to do with the Internet um, um, that, that made every single story that you were writing and, and putting online – had to be clickbait. Had to find its audience. Whereas, whereas you know, when you had the LA Times before, or if you had NBC News, you know, you were you basically had a license to make money, and and there was no way you could lose. You didn't have to try that hard, and so you just so all the products looked. You know, they might have been liberal or a few were conservative, but but they didn't have to push that hard. Well, what we saw in the last handful of years is, is that as those became more more you know more partisan. You know, the, the national news media lineup is, you know, it's probably a good 85-90% Democratic and 10% and Republican. You know, Republicans have Fox News, a couple other little small cable stations that nobody's heard of. Uh, they've got you know, some radio and a, and a few websites. And, and President Trump, you know, Donald Trump was the first one that kind of figured 
out and, and had kind of a gut just to fight back and say, you know what, these guys are not now referees anymore. They're players, and they're players on the opposing side. Now, Republicans kind of always do that. I used to work in Republican campaigns many, many years ago, and, you know, they, they'd look at your stuff uh, like it was the Zapruder film, and they'd analyze every word and, and look at it three ways till Sunday, and then your, your Democratic opponent would send something out, and they'd basically you know, reprint the whole thing because they agreed with it. Um, so Trump decided to fight back, and he did it very, very effectively. And, and you know, in, in his Trumpian way, he did it ham-handed. He made up names, you know, he called it fake news. And that's a really interesting term because it means two different things to, to, to two halves of the country. Um, the media immediately freaked out and said, we're not fake, we're, we're, we're telling the truth here. Everything we say is true. And that was kind of true, but you can tell truth by, by you can tell lies by telling the truth, you know? I can say, hey, Pete Buttigieg gave a, gave a speech when he was wearing his underwear and socks. And if I don't go on and say, oh, and he was also wearing shoes and a shirt and, and a suit, the thing that I said was absolutely true. And this is how the media plays every day, primarily against Republicans, um, is, is, you know, you can send a, a reporter to a Trump rally. Now, the Fox News reporter is going to find a nice family there, and they're going to find out people saying, wow, you know, here's what I learned about the president, here's this, and, and they could present a very good picture of that. Whereas CNN is going to send a reporter, and they're going to be like, look, find a Nazi. There's 30,000 people with no masks out there. Find somebody with a short haircut who's a racist or a Nazi, and, and, and that's going to be our story. And so you could literally have two reporters come back from the same event that, that have diametrically opposed versions of reality, yet every one of them used truth, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, it does, Ken. Um, why is it that we 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 arrive? How did we arrive there as Americans? Uh, you know, with with the cornerstone of uh, freedom of press, um, how was it that uh, that this became that media became became politicized? Again, I really, I really think it had to do a lot with the internet, not exclusively, but it was it was what economically what economic forces were behind this. Again, think of like. Think of the, eight, the late 1800s, early 1900s, when we studied about yellow journalism. Yeah. And what was going on out there? Well, you usually had a 14-year-old boy screaming out the, the, the most salacious headline that their headline writers could come up with that day from the world of the globe. And whoever had the most salacious headline, they made the most, they made the most pennies. Okay. Yep. And then the world kind of changed. You know, we, we, as people moved out suburbs, you, you subscribe to the New York Times, not one-off screen, as some kids screaming, but you got a, you got a monthly subscription to it. Or then you, we flash forward to the 40s and 50s, you know, the, the news was basically a loss leader on CBS, ABC, NBC. That was, that was kind of their point of pride. They, they, so they didn't have to, like, press hard to find an audience. I mean, they cared about winning, but only in the, in the, grand, in the grand scheme, and they, everybody was making so much money. And the newspapers we grew up with. I mean, there aren't a whole lot of competitors to the LA Times, the New York Times, you know, the Miami Herald. I mean, most of them had turned into one newspaper towns. So here comes the internet. Here comes Fox on cable. Here comes here comes a lot of competition in the news space that they'd never had before. And you know what clicks online? I mean, look, when I ran FoxNews.com, we would put multiple headlines into a into a computer program, 
it would it would send out small samplings of those headlines to people around, and whichever one clicked the best, it would then, it would then serve that up to the other millions of people who would come across the site each day. Well, things like that, and driven towards clickbait, driven towards money, that 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 you know encourages you to to reach harder and to swing harder on on those stories and and on your and on your bias sometimes because you know who your audience is. So you had that coming into 2016, and then of course Donald Trump comes along and everybody lost their minds. And and you know most liberal journalists, when they wake up in the morning, they view themselves as living in 1934 Germany, and they're the last things that stand between Trump, Hitler, and America. So you combine those two things, and we have this crap show that's going on in, in America right now. So so, and we can, we can go various angles in this, and of course we need to. I'd like to address the the, the health uh, pandemic. I think it's still a pandemic, certainly an epidemic. Um, but, but let's backtrack. How does how does Stormy Daniels? How did that story figure into uh, in, into Trump uh, being elected? And, uh, and 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 what were the shots that you called there at Fox News in regards to that? So this was a story. Daniels has a, presumably has an affair with Trump. And she at one point said, um, um, was, was trying to, to squeeze and extort some money out of him, right? She was going around, so, so, but she was, so she had to kind of walk a fine line. So she was going to a handful of news outlets. It was Fox News. It was, oh man, I used to know, if I'd known, I, I would have brushed off my notes. This is, this is four years ago. Um, um, it was a couple other, um, um, you know, and, Liberal, liberal outlets, and she was basically wanted Trump to know that she was going to spill her story, but she couldn't spill her story, right? Because if, if she told the story, it'd get printed, and then everybody print it. She couldn't make her hush money. So what she was doing is she was reaching out to a couple outlets to be like to 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 let let them then say, oh, hey, Trump campaign, we've got this uh, we've got this uh, this stripper who says you had a had a affair with her, etc. As she was, as she was having her lawyers reach out to him and say, "Hey, give us hush money to, to back this up," so Fox and a handful of other outlets had them approach us. But the problem is, they just didn't give us. It was like so. Right. This was maybe maybe three weeks, two weeks before the election. A lot of people were making a lot of accusations about the president. In fact, a lot of women were coming out and saying he groped me on a plane. He he did untoward advances and whatnot. So, kind of like on the scale of 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 all the stuff that was coming out right then, Stormy Daniels, you know, the fact that 20 years ago he might have slept with a stripper, you know, that was, it was kind of like not like a, oh my gosh, right. the story, compared yeah. to the others. So, so, you know, so it was like, so she kind of had, so again, they, they wanted to tease it out so that, so that Fox and others would, would, wouldn't report it, because again, if we recorded it and, and they told us the information, she didn't make any dough. So they, so they, they did that, and, and during the course of this, they implied that they, that they were basically shaking down uh, the, the candidate, and then they would show things like, oh, well, see, look, here's the document, and you look at the document, it's like, okay, well, it's all fake names, and nobody signed this. It's like, well, do, what do we get yet? She was refusing to talk to us. Another gal, you know, her, her manager said, you can say it's true. But that's the only thing. I'm not saying any other words. So we were, we at Fox were like, what do we have here? We've got a stripper who says that she has sex, but she's still publicly denying it. They've got, her people are showing up 
documents that aren't signed and, and all sorts of things. So we just didn't have a story. Um, and and it, we weren't close to publishing that story. It was, it was something that's no. And then, and then in the midst of this, Stormy and her team went completely silent. Well, in retrospect, they went silent because they got the check. Right. And, and, you know, and then she shut up. So, you know, flash forward two years later, the reporter at Fox News who had this was pushing it and since got fired from Fox. Was you know when it kind of burbled out more, it was like, see, I had it. Well, she didn't have anything. I mean, she had, she had some, you know, she had enough to be like, oh, this is interesting. Let's look into it. But, but you know, clearly not enough to, to print a story. And then there was all other sorts of creepy people involved. It was a site called The Dirty and a guy, which is just a disgusting kind of like revenge porn site. Everybody had fake names and Stormy Daniels, AKA. It was it was just kind of a weird thing. But of course, in retrospect, even though four or five publications had had the same thing, including some liberal ones, the, the media was like, "See, Fox News had this and didn't didn't report it." Right. What the liberal media does. So I lived in San Francisco for for eight years, and I've retained the number. That's why you, that's why that area code popped up. Ken, what why did you ultimately no, leave? No. Why did you ultimately leave uh, Fox News and uh, go out on your own? So I left Fox News because I was pushed out. Um, um, look, I, I had been very tight with Roger Ailes since, since many years before he he started Fox News. I'd worked with him literally my first job in nineteen eighty. Myself a little bit here. 1987 wow. was uh, was working for Roger when I when I was you know, he, he had the grad student, so I'd been with him for a number of years. And and when he got pushed out, you know, they pushed out a handful of the other guys, you know, not not for any reasons, and they did well on the way out, so I didn't complain too much. So I left there and I said, okay, I, I see this this media is going is, is going kind of out of control. I, let let's see if we can find that middle ground. I actually brought brought my old boss from Fox News. I brought in a, a, a guy who had, uh, had run the uh, had run the news at, at NPR, Michael Reskins, for a while, and we really said, let's let's find this non-crazy middle ground. And two things happened. One is it's really hard to just. I mean, there's a reason why people don't have good news channels, or or there's a reason why you know when you go to CNN, it's oh my God, Trump sucks, and you go to Fox News, and it's oh my God, Trump's great. Right. Stuff that's kind of in the middle just has a hard time finding an audience. Right. And to tap it off on top of it, which was kind of a, you know, was kind of pushed me out of it, is the New York Times did a, a hit piece on it, making it look like I was making up fake news and literally like compared me to Russian agents. And Facebook yanked me because they, because, because the New York Times and others like told them weird stuff. So it was like, if you, if you weren't a liberal orthodoxy player in that, if, if you got any attention at all by the mainstream media, it was going to be to brand you as a right-wing Russian. And that's kind of what happened. So I'm doing some of that, but, but what I've recently launched is, yeah. is like, like I've just reported on this long enough, and, and I really think we are at a, at a bad point in America because as the news agencies have, have kind of gotten more, have, have gotten more extreme, uh, uh, it's, it's really loaded to one side. And, and I mean, look, the concept of Joe Biden in his basement is, is running a real campaign, and, it, and, and you know, he'd be at 30% of the polls if it wasn't for the entire national press corps, except for Fox and a couple others, basically being his, his, his press agents. And, and I think it's important for America to have a balance of that. And, and, and it's like I've seen the press misbehave more and more still under the false 
the false notion of objectivity when they're not objective at all, and they literally have turned from, you know, referees to players. And so I'm taking this this step with uh, the Media Action Network, where we kind of expose them for what they are, where we protect some of their uh, protect some of their uh, their victims, and to help build up the right. And and that's you know think of it as the kind of a conservative media matters if you're in that world. Well, that's fantastic, and I think that's, you know, finding a neutral ground is exactly what Americans do. Uh, is it a successful, is, is it a successful endeavor? Do you, do you think, let me ask you an interesting question, see, I want to see what you respond. Is the internet a centralization of news, or is it a decentralization of news? What's, what's your thought on that? Well, I guess it depends on the definition of that word. I mean, I mean, it, it is certainly there is some decentralization going on, but I mean, kind of. I mean, you know, three years ago, I would have said that I would have said that Facebook is a fair platform, or right? Twitter okay. Yeah. Is an even-handed platform, and that's certainly radically changed around a lot. So, while well, it's decentralized to a large degree, and I think that brings good things and bad things, um, that it is, it is. You know, it makes it difficult. But look, I had a, I had a, a, a liberal friend up, up here who's just, you know, a lot of them are starting to just kind of, as things kind of go crazy, they just get a, they get a little peek behind the curtain. Like, I, like I've read the New York Times every day of my life. I've always kind of assumed it was, it was fair and it was real and it was, and it was all this. And then they just start, you know, they get, start getting red filled a little bit. They start seeing things that don't match up with reality. They're wondering why. Why are people in San Francisco pulling down Francis Scott Key statues, writing "Kill Whitey" on the bottom of the pedestal, and nobody seems to care? Why is that cool? Why is that? Why is why why are we literally, you know, staying in San Francisco, a, a place where crime has been? You know, they, they discourage you from reporting a lot of crime because they just don't want to do the paperwork so much. And we now have like major politicians saying, "Let's let's defund police." So as some of that, as they see some of those kind of things that radical to them but don't but 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 are accepted and just kind of the, the mainstream media it, it, it brings up a disconnect in their life and and so some of them are scratching their head a little bit they hate Trump but they're looking around and saying what the hell is going on and and and, and they, they understand that they're not getting the straight scoop on stories so they're like who do, who do I go to and it's like you know I could tell them to check out Fox and, and a number of other sources but when somebody comes up and asks a really like Hey, who do you go to for, you know, to get really both sides or get the whole thing? I mean, that's, that's not an easy answer in life anymore. It used to be, but it, it just isn't given the nature of, of how these news entities have, have changed. I mean, did you read Barry White's uh, uh, resignation letter from the Times? No. When was that? Was that today? Barry White is a, uh, it was yesterday. And it was, and it was just kind of a shocking and beautifully written and terribly sad piece. So she's a, and she's a Democrat. She's a moderate Democrat, and she basically was forced out of the out of the New York Times editorial board, okay. talking about how how kind of like Twitter and the radicalization has taken over that 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 entity, and and how and, and how everything else everything that I mean you know you you saw it kind of burst into into into, into notion when the when the Tom Cotton editorial came in. You know, U.S. Senator writes something that the majority of Americans believe, hey, the police can't handle this, we should send in the military the backstop to these, these, these riots breaking out in cities, you know, just like George Bush did in 1992. And that was, that, 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 that the Times later took it down, said it was, didn't meet their editorial. 
territorial standards, and that literally it endangered the lives of, 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 of journalists in their newsroom, which was just a patently stupid thing to say. I mean, it was a, a mainstreamish conservative, but a mainstream opinion from a U.S. senator, and that is now with their cancel culture, just like forbidden content. And and these newsrooms have got, got radicalized. So let's let's get into the COVID nineteen, and you already brought up the racial uh, inequality movement, or rather, racial uh, equality movement. Um, and there's 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 a couple different elements to this that, or well, a couple different movements that have spawned from the the health uh, pandemic. And it, you, you've got you've got sections of Portland, Oregon now. Uh, I think around the federal courthouse, uh, uh, CLAP, I think is the acronym, uh, that, uh, that they've sectioned off, uh, Antifa being they, uh, Seattle's dealing with something similar, but then the Black Lives Movement is something, uh, how, how is it that these movements, in your, in your opinion, in your view, how have these mu- movements, uh, does it have to do with the unemployment rate, does it have to do with schools closing, uh, and, what, what, and, and Ken, in your view, how have these movements spawned from, uh, from, 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 from this health pandemic? Sure. Um, I do think there's a relationship with it. I mean, look, we've, we've seen for decades, there has always been kind of a, there's always been an anti-American movement within within academia. All right? We've seen it in the 40s, the 50s. They might call it critical theory. It was Marxism at one point. It's all kind of wrapped around that type of stuff. I mean, you, you've seen that for for a number of years, and and and. And, and kind of like a, a refined Marxism that's not just class versus class, but they've also created it up where they can make it race versus race, gender versus gender, and, you know, and now you have 75 genders, so so everybody can be aggrieved on that. We saw kind of the, we, we saw certainly over the last handful of years that whole cancel culture come out of the college campuses as well. Oh my God, Ben Shapiro at, at, at UC Berkeley, let's set fires to stop him from talking. Let's bring whistles. Let's bring drums into this. And, and, and that kind of whole, whole if, you can't, if you can't beat them, shut them down. Heck, my daughter was at, was at William & Mary, and they, they shouted down and wouldn't let an ACLU speaker speak because it was Black Lives Matter, and they had recently done something that, uh, that wasn't Black Lives Matter enough for them. So you kind of always had these, these kind of grumpy groups out there. Black Lives Matter is a well-funded, well-funded thing that most people don't kind of understand. That it's you know, I mean, it's the slogan sounds great, but then you go look at their site and see what they actually want to accomplish. And you're like, holy crap! And then you listen to them talking about that they're trained Marxists, which is kind of a weird thing for for young black people to say if they really want equality among blacks. And you know, so you saw a combination of uh, it was kind of a perfect storm of people been cooped up in their house and they were tired of doing stuff. And, and the only entertainment on some nights, because you couldn't go out to dinner, you couldn't go out to, to a movie, you couldn't go out to a nightclub or, or, or a bar. So you combine the, the horrific video of a cop basically murdering a black guy in front of you, and you combine all of these other elements that were kind of there, always ready to go, always ready to jump on a freeway and, and do their stuff. I mean, look, a lot of kids have the black Antifa stuff in their closet, closet up in Seattle and Oregon. It's always kind of been a hot spot of, of that. You combine it with tens of thousands of other people who are like, well, 
I'm not a racist, so I guess I'm for Black Lives Matter. And you know, and then with the more activist and 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 you know, getting out of the house. Of course, you went for two weeks where the media said, "Okay, there's no such thing as a pandemic anymore." Hey, go 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 out there, kids, and do your stuff. And then you know, they rediscovered the pandemic pretty much the day after Trump announced that he was going to have a, that he was going to have a rally. And it came back to, to, oh my gosh, how can you not have masks? And he's indoors and outdoors. I mean, you know, because I mean, look, everything is so politicized at that matter. I mean, you tell me who you're going to vote for. I'll tell you where you stand on the floor. Sure. I mean, could you right. imagine you could ever say that in America? Right. I'll tell you what you think about the efficacy of, a, of an anti-malarial drug on, on, a, on something if I know what your party is. Right. And, and I'd be 98% right. And same with mask wearing, correct? Uh, yeah, I think there's probably a little bit more Similar. of an overlap of, yeah. of the mask wearing thing. But I mean, you know, certainly if, certainly that, you know, anything Donald Trump had, had he gone out with masks at the beginning and called for sure. a longer clamp down, I, you know, I can almost assure you that they'd be saying, well, you know, locking people in homes with air conditioners, that's what's really spreading this. So Trump's killing people by having them staying locked in their homes. I mean, you know, I mean, when, when, yeah. when he killed the terrorist and you see that terrorist, evil, bad guy who killed thousands and thousands of people, when you see, you know, the Washington Post call him a... A, a, a revered, uh, uh, austere religious scholar. I mean, you know, when you, it's like, okay, whatever he does, the mainstream press will do the opposite, whether he's right or wrong. Yeah, and this is this is an interesting, you know, phenomenon, really, and 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 it sounds like it's 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 created by this. Again, it's again. Is it decentralized internet, or is it more of a centralized uh, issue? But but let's let's get in. So so Trump today, uh, some Trump today just uh, overrides the CDC and says he wants uh, he wants state state data being sent directly to the White House. Uh, and and of course he's he's he blocked out Fauci now for uh, for a number of weeks. Um, what is what is causing that? Do you think? And and and, and is there a relation to? Um, again, this political divide, in, in, in far, as far as uh, interpreting the the actual health risk of uh, the, the pandemic. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I haven't followed the latest CDC thing, so I really can't give you any insight on that. I mean, you know, I certainly know that the press from the day one was doing their best to, to drive a wedge between Fauci, who they who they decided to love. And, and Trump, who of, of course they hate. I mean, from the very first, if you if you recall, right right before they had their first national press press briefings, where they started going routinely, um, um, there was a report saying, "Well, Fauci can't talk to can't talk to the press," and so they fell in love with him. And they were like, "Oh, he, he's the number one expert in the world," blah blah blah. And and, and you know, he's a pretty reasonable sounding guy out there. And and and. And he's also kind of on their side in the sense that, look, Fauci is is is, a, is, a, is one facet of what the president has to listen to when he looks at a response, right? He's the health guy. He is the guy who isn't worried. You know, it's not under Fauci's warrior domain to say what's it doing to our economy or what's it going to do to a number of other things in America. So, so you know, he's the guy to say let's let's keep these these numbers down as low as possible, just like firemen. They're sure. not really worried about anything. They say, hey, my job is to stop fires, make everything in America non-trammable. Um, and, and, and there was a little bit of a divide. You see some of the Republicans, you know, when they were mad at something that Trump did, they couldn't get mad at Trump, so they blamed it on Fauci. 
sometimes fairly, sometimes unfairly. I mean, look, you know, all of these guys have, have, have slipped on so many things. I mean, I, I can see this footage of Fauci saying, ah, this is right. hit that hard, blah, 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 blah. And then that changed. And then I saw them saying, no, you shouldn't be wearing masks. It's only for people in hospitals, and don't worry about masks. And then a week later, or a year, two weeks later, you know, you're a criminal if you don't wear a mask. So, you know, all the politics. Nancy Pelosi was, 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 you know, well after Trump had, had closed down flights from China, was, was bringing people through Chinatown in, in San Francisco saying, the restaurants are open, come on in. So they've all spun around on them. And, and what we all as Americans have done is we picked our team, and whatever our team is like, they were the smartest ones, and the other guys were the idiots. And, and, and we're seeing that replayed 320 million times in America. Yeah, and let's hope things remain uh, diplomatic. Uh, how, how do Americans move forward in this uh, as they feed, if they allow themselves to feed into the divide that is, uh, as you mentioned, the, 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 the mainstream media via, for instance, Fox News, Fox News or CNN, which, which, which seem to be clearly divided politically. We can throw in MSNBC. Um, how do Americans draw to you and draw to sources, uh, i.e. like yours, and say, hey, this is, this is a neutral ground reporting. Uh, how, how, how do you distinguish yourself from others and assure them that, that the information you're giving them is indeed that neutral uh, neutral ground. Yeah, well, I, I, I split away from that neutral model. I couldn't make that work. I was going to go okay. to Morehouse with that. So I, I have split more of conservative, and with the Media Action Network, it, it, it's 100% kind of conservative pushing it. I mean, I mean, but the broader question is, you know, who do you trust? And, sure. and that's difficult. Cause it's, uh, so I think a lot of it is, is you know, the, the way that you, that, that, People need to pay more attention than they would have had to in the past. I mean, it's it's just it's not as simple as picking up your newspaper and thinking you're getting a balanced view of, of America. I mean, it used to be really not that long ago. I mean, really just not that long ago. And and so, you know, every, it, it, it makes the consumption of news, which is now ubiquitous, it's, it's everywhere, but it makes it makes it up to the consumer a little bit. It's more important for them to understand. Okay, what's the spin that I'm you know. Here's Epic Times. What's their spin on things? What might they be missing out of this? You know, here's the New York Times. Am I really getting, there's a lot of, you know, the longest article, they're smartly written. What might I not be getting? And I, and I don't believe you can, but there's no, if you say, hey, there's one source to go to, you know, you get to choose one source and find out what's going on in America. I, I don't know if I could name any. Well said. It's it's a it's a it's an unprecedented time we're we're facing uh, facing some 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 definite challenges uh, as Americans and uh, you, you know agreeing to unite under differences is is uh, perhaps uh, what is best uh, best needed um, and um, you know I, I personally can I say hey look you know we've inherited a constitution that has brought together uh, you know more more ethnicities more religions more 
uh, people of more backgrounds than, than any country ever has in, in, in the history of humanity. At least that's the way I look at it. And so, um, you know, we've got a Supreme Court that interprets that for us. But but the 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 more we can the more we can hand the more we can, hand, uh, uh, the more we can ha uh, stay close to those innate uh, human uh, uh, rights and values and constitutional values. I think the best for us, or whether it's uh, whether it's liberal or cons conservative, look past those uh, political divides. Uh, Ken, thanks for joining the program today. Uh, for listeners, leave, leave some closing if you would. Some cl some closing remarks. Uh, some closing thoughts. Well, you know, I'm glad you kind of talked about that. Actually, have to worry about building a fence to keep people out, right? I mean, I've been, I've been, I've, I've been in, I've been in countries before where you know they had triple net barbed wire to keep people from leaving their country, and it was Russia. In fact, that was called the Soviet Union and some wow. other some other scary places. But the one thing that, that is a creeping thing that I think we all need to all just be aware of, because you talked about the values that we were built on, and, and the First Amendment's a very important one, and and the concept of of more speech is what trumps bad speech. And, and you know, the, the one out of all of these things that are going on right now, COVID, people pulling down statues and being idiots and running around with their hair on fire, all of that stuff, they all can be kind of pale as a, as a threat in comparison to, to the First Amendment and, and, and the concept of free speech. Because societies that have successfully said, no, 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 that whole concept of, of thinking that way is now forbidden. Right. They always turn bad. I mean, I mean, you know, look, you can have it, it, you can have one Fox News on, on 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 the cable channel, and it's like, okay, if they're conservative and the other guys are liberal, people can find that if if it's if it's an imbalance. But when they but when they get to the point where it's like, you can't think that, and we're taking you off of Facebook or on town right. square, exactly. or, right. or we're scaring you by we're scaring you into into uh, into not saying certain things. That might be reasonable. That's when society's turned to crap, and, right. and and that's the one thing that we all have to be, I think, acutely aware of and ready to fight for. Okay, well said. Thank you, Ken. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Ken Lacourt. Uh, web website again for uh, your website again, Ken. Website is Lacourt uh, uh, News. Is, is kind of a is now a conservative leaning uh, site out there, but. If you're somebody who really kind of wants to push back against the liberal media, it's MediaActionNetwork.com. Look forward to keeping in touch with you, Ken. Thank you very much. Terrific. Thank you. Ken LaCourt, folks. Um, and it uh, looks like, let's see, so I am uh, trying out a couple different things, of course, uh, to start this broadcast. Um I had uh, had that interference, uh, so thanks for putting up with that. Uh, we're very fortunate to uh, to have received Ken onto the program. Uh, I think my own personal um, closing thoughts are um, are just that um, we've got to. If you're listening to this, there's 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 there seems to be there's so much push to divide Americans. This is my perspective, okay? It's just, just me looking out um, uh, and, and, and seeing what's going on around the, uh, around the country. And uh, I've, I've been to most parts of this, uh, of this land. I've, I've been to most. There's, there's not many states that I have not been to. Um, 
and to see what's happening right now um, really, really disgusts me. Um, but it is happening and we must agree to disagree, folks, right? We must come to a neutral ground. And like Ken said, we must remember that we are still living in the greatest country on the planet. Now, you you might disagree with me if you're listening to this in the UK or uh, uh, Canada, uh, England, I mean, uh, Scotland, that's it, or, or, or Costa Rica or wherever you may be living. You may be disagreeing with me. But um, but I'll stand by that because I am in the the U.S. Um, and 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 so we must unite on the fact that yes, we have built a great nation, and there are aspects of it that anybody living today wishes didn't happen. Okay, i.e., slavery. Uh, you know, the United States is not the only country that had. Slaves. In fact, there are many countries today that in that have slavery. Okay, uh, child trafficking is happening. Um, that's a form of slavery. Um, so, get past. I think what happened and take advantage of what's been created thanks to uh, people like uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Um, so look past the political divides, I think, is my, you know, if you're liberal, you're conservative, I think there's, I think both parties have elements of both of those ethics, if you will, uh, moral values. Um, but it seems to be that the politics are simply dividing and the media is taking advantage of that to make money. Um, so, so this is what I urge. I urge you to I urge you to go to Catherine Austin Fitz, Google Catherine Austin Fitz, because and the reason I'm directing you to this today in this episode is because I haven't heard anybody sum it up better than her. Um, she brings in uh, the World Economic Forum that meets yearly um, at Jackson Hole. She brings in her opinions on the Federal Reserve Bank, which is a central bank that controls the U.S. government uh, and its me uh, military and therefore its media. Uh, this is that's my opinion. Uh, prove me wrong, please. I wish you do. Um, and uh, and then she brings in uh, the technological advances. Uh, she threads in human microchipping, brain Im brain implants, uh, and how does that coordinate with five uh, G? The five G advancements of five G network, and therefore incoming six G, um, and how that equates to um, how that equates to uh, the economy. Um, what she argues is that the U.S. dollar will likely crash in the, in the in the future, um, and uh, those controlling the central bank that I believe feed into a European-based central banking system will then push for a digitized currency. I leave it at that. Caston Austin, Austin Fitz, uh, Wharton grad and Yale grad, and uh, until next week, folks. I thank you for listening. This has been another Discussion of Truth. I'm Ian Hamilton Trottier, iantrottier.com. That's T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R. -T -T -E and uh, folks, until then, be awesome.